Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of r slash malicious compliance, the place where people conform to the letter, but not the spirit of any one request. Now, as always, if you haven't already, I would like you to gently murder that like button and also subscribe button if you haven't already. And of course, enjoy the content. Our neighbors can be funny buggers. Nice one minute, moody the next. There was a rickety old fence between our properties which I owned. We had patched it up a few times, but didn't really have the money to totally replace 80 foot of the bespoke sized fences and posts at the time. The neighbors have complained a few times about our fence. They have 10 dogs and have spent a lot of money landscaping their garden. They demanded that we replace the fence because they need a security boundary for the dogs, but made it very clear they were not contributing to the costs. It is not unreasonable, but the way they demanded rubbed me up the wrong way. Generally, in the UK, there are no HOA rules on old builds, so I can replace the wooden fence with anything we like as long as it's on our land and is no more than 2 meters high. So last month, we got a quote and arranged a firm to replace the fencing. I informed the neighbors and picked a day that they would be at work so as not to ruin the surprise. When they got home, they found the wooden fence and posts have been replaced with six foot concrete posts and a wall of concrete panels. Now they look out of their kitchen onto what resembles the Berlin Wall. I also made sure the smooth face of the concrete panels are pointed towards us. We have bushes along our side so wouldn't see it anyway, but their side is right next to their patio area. They haven't approached us about it yet, but my husband told me he could see the wife in her garden from his office window, and she had a face like thunder. <laughs> Next step is to put up a watchtower as well to add to the Berlin atmosphere. And maybe a hint of barbed wire, just, you know, to really rub it in their face. When I was 13 or 14, I decided I wanted a PS3. My dad refused to buy me one, but my uncle made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He said that if I worked at his sweets shop for the two months of a summer break, he would buy me a PS3 and some games in lieu of payment. For teenage me with no commitments, this seemed fantastic. My uncle sold a kind of specialty snack known as a mini samosa in his shop. They're like samosas, but smaller. About three and a half to four centimeters in size, about one 2,286th of a football field for my American friends. <laughs> they were sold by weight, in sealed packs of 250 grams and 500 grams, as these were the most common amounts that people bought. Making those packages turned out to be my job. You see, sometime between now and when Uncle started his business, 
he realized that 250 grams was roughly the weight of 28 mini samosas, and thus 56 were 500 grams. So, instead of weighing each packet, I was told to just add by counting individual items, which was easier and saved time. We also sold them individually for people who wanted larger, smaller, or unusual amounts. This was also around the time when our government started airing customer awareness PSAs, Jago Grahak Jago for my fellow Indians. Basically, just telling customers to beware of fraudulent business people. This is relevant. So one particularly hot afternoon, it was just me and my uncle at the shop. In India, frequent power cuts were very common during summers, and thus there were no fans or AC running. Both tempers and temperatures were running high at the shop that day. It was then that the villain of our story, Mr. Karan, made his entry. He was a local resident and irregular. He seemed angry from the onset when he barged into the shop. He took a look at the fans and saw that they weren't running, then angrily picked up a 500 gram packet of samosas and asked, How many samosas are in this thing? That's 500 grams, I said. I said how many, not how much. Mr. Karan literally screamed. Again, how many in this? 56, I replied immediately, since, you know, I packed them. How can you be so sure? You didn't even count. You're trying to cheat me. Mr. Karan was now in full-scale Karen mode. I demand you pack me 500 grams of those individual ones, and don't you dare cheat me again. I looked over at my uncle, wet with sweat, fanning himself with yesterday's newspaper. He slowly nodded. I beamed a huge smile. Sure, sir, whatever you want. So, I took a bag, picked up some samosas, and started putting them on the balance. I kept counting samosas as I put them in until they were a little over 500 grams. Then I removed the last samosa, and the weight fell below 500. Now, keeping eye contact with Mr. Karan, I crushed the samosa and started putting its powdery remains in the bag until it was exactly 500 grams. But wait, there's more. Mr. Karan apparently didn't seem to mind powdered samosa, but instead asked smugly, So, how many samosas now? 48, I claimed triumphantly. You see, sometime in the past, my uncle's old chef retired, and the new chef made samosas with a little bit more filling in them. They looked the same size on the outside, and only weighed a couple grams more each. And since he's made them in bulk, and also sold to other shops in the area, the price wasn't too much of an issue, so my uncle let it slide. But those couple grams added up on mass orders, and that is what Mr. Karan found out the hard way. He looked sheepishly at the pre-packed samosas, and then at his own package, and asked if he could buy the former instead. No. My nephew made a package specifically for you, at your own request, so that is what you have to buy. My uncle finally spoke. Mr. Karan silently took his pack, paid, and left. He was a lot more respectful during his subsequent visits. When I was 15, I started working for a particular clown who owns a fast food restaurant. When I first started working, the manager assumed I was 16, and I was given a red polo shirt to wear during my shifts. There was a hierarchy to the shirts at this restaurant. White was for anyone 15 and younger, you got a red shirt once you were 16 or over, black shirts were for crew trainers, and the full button-down shirts were for managers. All of the shirts were made of a decent fabric except for the white shirt, which was very thin and practically see-through. 
About a month after I started working there, the manager called me into her office and asked why I had lied to her about my age. I told her I had never once said to her that I was only 15, so I never really lied about it. She told me I had to hand in my red shirt and exchange it for a white one, which I did. I wore the white one for about a week, and that's when I noticed after the first wash, the fabric became even thinner and the shirt was practically see-through. As a heavy-set individual, if I were not wearing an undershirt, you would have seen all of my hairy, manly glory underneath this sorry excuse for a shirt. I asked since I had already been wearing a red shirt for a month and the shirt colors really don't mean much, could I get my old red shirt back? I was told that it was company policy to follow the shirt rules and I was denied my old red shirt. Q, the malicious compliance. There was a rule stating that I had to wear my see-through company issued shirt for all my shifts. There was no rule stating what I had to wear underneath. My dad had recently returned from Mexico and had bought me the most touristy shirt from his trip. There were four panels on this shirt. The first had a worm and a shot that said one tequila. The second, the same worm, second shot, much drunker and said two tequila. The third, the same worm, third shot, very drunk and said three tequila. And as I'm sure you have deduced, the fourth is the worm passed out and it says floor. I decided this was the perfect undershirt for a 15 year old register worker at the clown to wear underneath his see-through shirt. I wore it for one shift before the manager came up to me. She told me how much she didn't appreciate the fact that I wore such a vulgar shirt underneath my work uniform. I politely told her nobody would know what I was wearing underneath my company issued work shirt if they weren't see-through. When I went to clock out that day, they had a brand new unused red polo shirt just waiting for me. I was told to wear the red shirt from that point forward and to turn in my white shirts. And as a man that has worked for the clown before, I say good on you for that. You wouldn't believe how easy it is to get those things dirty working that job, so, you know, white is just asking for trouble. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be.
We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When I was in the army, my unit had a training day one day where we did tactical movements and close quarters combat with paintball guns. It was pretty fun, except it was in Texas in the middle of the summer in a training area full of tall grass that I ended up crawling around in a lot. I didn't notice any problems until a couple hours later when I was getting ready to head home and my legs started burning. I pulled my boots off and rolled my pants up and my feet and legs up to my mid-thigh were swollen and covered in hundreds of angry red welts. Apparently, I'd crawled through a nest of chiggers and they had gone to town on my legs bad enough to provoke an allergic reaction. I drive myself to the emergency room at the base hospital and while I'm waiting to be seen and feeling more and more terrible but needing to focus on something else, I started counting the bites. I stopped when I got to 100, and that was just on the inside of my right calf. The doc had never seen anything like it, and I ended up getting a massive dose of steroids, antibiotics, and anti-inflammatories. All hospital grade and with serious side effects of their own, as well as four days of quarters, the military equivalent of being told to stay home and don't come in to work. My girlfriend came and picked me up from the hospital and drove me home because at that point, I was in no state to drive myself between the allergic reaction and the meds I was on to treat it. On the way home, I called my sergeant to let him know about my situation so he can get a word up the chain of command. About an hour after that, I get a call from the first sergeant, the senior most NCO in the unit herself. Now, she was one of the most incompetent first sergeants I ever worked with during my time in the army. Constantly making terrible decisions, mindlessly greenlighting whatever terrible decision our equally incompetent captain came up with, and micromanaging people unnecessarily. She tells me that my quarters have been revoked by the captain and that I have to come in the following day. I told her that I'm holding papers in my hands from a doctor who's also a lieutenant colonel that I'm supposed to take time off to recover. She responds with, You can't get quarters from bug bites! And rants at me that I'm just malingering and trying to get out of work. There was no way I could possibly be seriously ill from just some bug bites. I tried to explain to her that I'd had an allergic reaction, but she wasn't having it insisting I was a liar and a bad soldier because of it. I was to be at formation the next morning at 0900. Because of the extensive exercise we all got at the training event, they had cancelled PT for the day with my supposed quarters slip and they would decide if they were going to punish me for trying to pull this stunt. Q malicious compliance. Okay, I wore my PT uniform a t-shirt and shorts, rather than our fatigues the next day, and had my girlfriend drive me in. I was still too messed up from the bug bites and meds to drive. I figured if I was going to get in trouble anyways, being in the wrong uniform would be the least of my worries. But my bare legs showed off the literal hundreds of now angrily red, almost purple or black in some cases, huge welts on my legs. The skin was more welt than not by the next morning and I walked up showing off that rather horrific sight to my entire company of more than a hundred enlisted NCOs and officers. Literally, everyone who sees me is like, Jesus effing Christ OP, what the hell happened to your legs? It is clear to every single person in the company that I am actually legitimately having an allergic reaction just by sight alone. 
The first sergeant hears people making a ruckus, sees me, and turns bright red, knowing she screwed up when she hears me answering warrant officers, including my direct supervisor, asking, why are you here if you're that sick? With, first sergeant maybe come in and told me that she can't get quarters because of bug bites. Within 10 minutes, I have handed in a copy of my quarters slip, gotten a quiet and very private apology from the first sergeant, and was sent home for the next four days. Honestly, I don't know what else the first sergeant expects. But hey, F around and find out, I guess. Anyway, guys, that's where I'm going to leave you today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, let me know about it down in the comments below. Do you have any malicious compliance stories of your own? I would love to hear about them. But with that said, I hope you have a good day, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.